Welcome to the Edge of the Headlights podcast. My name is Rob. Normally, that is right. And my <laughs> sitting across from me tonight is Marty, I think. Are you Marty uh, or are you some type of doppelganger? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You just don't ask me anything uh, too too personal. What did we do last week on a Tuesday at 7 a.m.? Fuck, I couldn't even tell you what I did this Tuesday on Sunday. <laughs> uh, no, Marty's in his studio. Sorry, folks, but we're actually going to get back in the groove. We've got a bunch of new episodes lined up. We had some stuff go on and had to take care of some business. And right. Everybody's got personal stuff they got to take care of, so we're no different than anybody else. So, Well, I am a little different, like my mom always said. I spathel. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And most of the problems, you know, you, you get a cream or a pill and everything's figured out again. But, you know. <laughs> no, it's just been a really, it's nice, it was beautiful one day. I'm right, like, what right. the hell? And today is all pure crap. Not today isn't that bad. It was terrible it, on my cold, on my but, day, end of the day. Well, your day, but it wasn't anything to do with weather. Hey, but. all because I had a 10-foot sign fall on me and try to take out my leg. It wasn't my fault. It's not my fault. That's the excuse I'm going to use when I constantly try to run in front of the forklift and have them hit me so I don't have to be at work. Yeah, it does work that way, you know. Yeah. So if I've been... There's, there's, okay, people are degenerates. I'm like, I found some really, (laughs) (laughs) I found some really interesting articles this week. I'm going to start off with this one that happened on February 7th. February 7th, the Jones County Sheriff Office deputies initially responded to what was mistakenly believed to be a body located on the trail in Hitachichi National Forest, according to a Facebook post from the office. Upon arrival of the scene Thursday, deputies observed what they what appeared to be a body of a deceased female wearing white socks. The post read, Our crack team of investigators arrived on scene, along with Deputy Matthew Dennis, who quickly recognized the body to actually be a life-size doll, complete with accessories and a model number. Oh, no. (laughs) The sheriff's office also said in the post that the doll's name is now Selena. It's a little under weather. She's a little bit under the weather. But she has been having a nice day and expected to make a full recovery. Will they buy and repair parts for this oh, doll? Yeah. Is, is it like a real doll? I'll show you a picture. In all seriousness, oh God. thank God for small blessings is is that this just turned out to be a case of littering the post added. If you know Selena or are responsible for her whereabouts, rest assured, no DNA was collected and you are safe. But in the future, please make sure to dispose of your items in a responsible way. Yes, it was actually a love doll. Oh man, like like just a blow up bullshit. No, thing? no, the one of the expensive oh, it's ones. Oh, a fucking real doll. Why would you leave that out in the the fucking woods, man? What? Well, you got you those things like base prices like fifteen hundred bucks. And, yeah, and that's up. just that's just terrible waste of holy plastic. shit. <laughs> Maybe someone came up. Said, me and a friend years ago had had a plan to get around like the prostitution rules. By buying a bunch of <laughs> okay, real <okay>. dolls. <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe they had some idea like that, and it all went south. And, Someone stole Selena from him and left her out in the woods. Oh my God, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, that's a lot of money. Just be. Oh yeah, man. They're you had your fun. It's like psh, done. Yeah, those things are expensive as shit. Yeah. Oh. Do you know? Have you bought one? No, man. When they were first coming out, like me and a friend, like I said, we were looking at it, going like, well, you know, maybe right outside the city, you, you get a big, you know, a place where you get some rooms and sell those out. Rent them out. It's not a real girl, so it's not prostitution. But they're still going to be just people be that are going to go. Like, oh, who used that before you? Hose it out. You know, <laughs> <what I'm saying? laughs> 
The money's good. You can hey, hire people. Hey, the guy customer comes in. My girl's got a runny nose. Oh no, that's not a runny nose. She's just full. Just hang on a minute. She's, she's she's full. Let me let me go get that sucked out of there. Shop back. <laughs> well, let's go to this next article I found it was interesting. I've heard the term uh fart in a jar and that. Right, like right. I never knew this shit was real. Literally somebody sold farts in a jar. Yeah. But they paid for it in the long run. Stephanie Motto is an influencer, YouTuber, author, and former star of TLC's 90 Days Fiance. Okay, that's the story right so, there. So pretty yeah. much a fucking nobody. But. Yeah, pretty much. But, recent, but recently she launched a new business venture after realizing demand was high for a rather unorthodox product. This November, she found lucrative part-time work bottling and selling her own farts. Until things went terribly wrong. For two months, she spent her days farting into glass jars yeah. with flower petals adorning the inside. Okay, first of yeah. all, why would you buy a fart jar and throw flower petals in it? Well, because now it's a piece of art, see, and it's yeah, right. Yeah, a piece of art. She lives. What happens? She's a little Tershy's kitchen there or right, something. Right. With adorning the inside and shipping them to fans. Remarkably, model was making fifty thousand yeah. dollars per week in December. Yeah. Through the fart sales alone, eventually sold more than $200,000 worth of farts worldwide through adult website unfiltered. But in January 2021, Maddo was hospitalized for she thought she was having a heart attack. But it turned out to be a dangerous buildup of gas inside her body from her flatulent inducing diet. And now she says her fart selling days are behind her. Uh, see, I remember when that first popped up. I always up. thought that was a bunch of bullshit. Right. No, I, I remember when that uh, first blew up. That's like selling an air guitar on eBay. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Somebody making fun of like. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, no. But, yeah, I remember she went through her whole diet of, oh, I eat this and this. and it It's all beans, eggs, and, and protein yeah, shakes. protein shakes. And I was like, wow, if, if you know, some fucking idiot's dumb enough to give you money. I mean, realistically, she doesn't even have to do that. She could just send them a fucking jar. They really aren't going to know. You know, you know what know. I mean? But are not vacuum sealed, I don't think. Yeah, you know. Ah, that's hilarious. I wondered when that would, uh, in essence, backfire upon her at some point. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible play. It is, words. man. But that's terrible. Yeah, when that's I first saw that, I'm like, how pathetic are you to try to eke out another 15 seconds of your 10 minutes of fame you got? I'm going to sell farts. Are you fucking kidding me? Maybe, my dog does that for free, and I kick her the fuck out. You know what I mean? I'm maybe, not paying Maybe somebody. we should sell our farts and charge uh, right, $2 right. a bottle. Chupacabra farts. Come <laughs> on. Like, what the hell, man? No. Like, I don't care how hot somebody is. I don't want your farts. I don't need to jar your pee. I don't want your bath water. I'm not paying you for that shit. I'm not that fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm but pretty I, I would like to know how but, much, like... Her high time was, who would, you, who would you give that for as a Christmas present? Right. Oh, here. Honey, I love you very much. Here's your farts from your favorite YouTuber. There Here's you go, your honey. farts from your favorite D-list kind of pseudo-celebrity. Oh, like yeah, Some of them that she was selling, like, ah, I'm trying to remember what the price on each one was. It was a few hundred dollars to more, depending on how artistically it, it was uh let me look it up Decorated. and see how much she was charging here. Yeah, I remember that article popping up. Yeah, it must have been around November, October, November when I saw that. Oh, a thousand bucks a pop. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, literally, holy shit. That's just... There better be some droppings in there or something. Jesus, some way to get DNA or something. Uh, there also better be like $500 dropped back in <laughs> It says this here. article says at one point she sold 97 jars over two days. Yeah. Dude, you know what she had to spend her whole day doing? Oh, yeah. All now, day. 
See, I, I don't mind you farting. Wake up. But have you ever had that where, like, you're not feeling good and you've been farting? And, like, 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 like a weekend, like, Super Bowl coming up. You have chili or whatever. And, like, you had too much. So, like, the next day, that's all you're doing is farting, like, every fucking 50 seconds. Oh, it just gets really fucking old. I just get really tired. I was like, why would you intentionally be like, ah, I'm going to make myself fart all day? I mean, I suppose at $1,000 a pop, I guess, I would probably also be less <laughs> irritated of, you know, a five-hour farting stretch. So do you but... think she actually had, like, jars in her bathroom? Oh, I got to go potty. <laughs> And she I, got like like most people got like toilet roll seat in the back of their toilet, right, right. And the really the really sophisticated people actually had their toilet paper on the roller. Yeah, I don't but, like that. But I'm just saying, she had a bunch of jars there. Okay, that sounds this feels like a five jar. Oh, oh, here we go. Get the mason jars. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, man, it, it's just the most fucked up thing. Like it just, and like I said, I don't know which is more messed up that she decided to do this, or there are people that were were paying it. I mean. I don't a thousand know. Fuck, a, I didn't buy any. At a thousand a pop? Are you shitting me? I could have barely find, buy toilet paper. What are you talking about, man? Right, right. <laughs> toilet paper? That's why I have pets, man. Well, no, that's why you have newspapers. <laughs> the, the weekly ads from the kill. They were mm. just fine. I'm going to say, the newspaper, the dying art, and yeah. my new toilet paper. Yeah. Well, speaking of weird and vile things, we're going to talk about the 12 vile vortices this week. Oh. Yeah. I prepared something completely different. What? Again? Well, you Do said I take we you to the were... back room and whoop you? Right, right. Oh, because you like it, and he's like, beat me harder. <laughs> oh, no. And you already have, I see you got half your gimp outfit on. I do. Why wouldn't you? But, uh, you got the no, mask. Man. The mask is right over there. <laughs> ah, I was wondering where I left that. But, yeah, no, you said we were going to do triangles, and I prepared, like, a whole oh. thing on, on Pythagoras and, and all of this. Well, but... enlighten us, please. We'll go with yours. Yours sounds, like, no, much more it's, better. It's It's... It sounds like a very acute trying, very acute episode. I, I felt really obtuse now that yeah. I, I fucked. I saw sleep where you went with that. <laughs> uh, and good night, folks. Yep. <laughs> we suck with dad jokes. <laughs> Welcome to Punzilla's home. It's not gonna end well. <laughs> well, if you haven't heard, I'm the not t- even drinking, man. That's I know neither am I. I don't think it would go good with my leg right now. No, no probably not. Yeah. Probably. I'd probably feel like now no pain and be like, all right, yeah, I wake up in the morning and my head. Fucking invalid. Your, your legs. <laughs> if I, if everybody mentions me, well, what happened at work today? I had something very large fall on me. Right, right. It was no one's fault. I moved it and just happened to be really tipsy toppy, and I wasn't paying attention, and it smoked the back of my leg. Well, it made my calf. You know how your calf's like one size. Well, my calf ballooned up to like two times the normal size. <laughs> Went to the hospital and they said, "Yep, you're just gonna have a lot of bruising." I'm like, "Sweet, wicked bruising, love it." And yeah. Stiff oh. as hell for the next week. Man, I can't wait for it to turn into like that that blackish yellow, gross bullshit. Ah, uh, that's the yeah, part when you get the green, like rotting yeah, meat. Yeah, like, is my leg like, rotting actually? Does, does, is it gangrenous inside? What's I going hope on? Not. Well, we're gonna talk about the twelve vile vertices. If you don't know what they are, they're the. I'm just gonna read off the list. They're the Bermuda Triangle. The Algerian megaliths of North Africa, the Hindu Indus Valley Mohenjo-Daro in Pakistan, the Devil Seas near Japan, Hamakulia, Hamakulia volcano near Hawaii, the South Atlantic anomaly, the Great Zimbabwe megaliths, Wharton Basin, the Loyalty Islands, also known as Herb, Herb, Herbicide Trench, also. Yeah. Then he has the Easter Island megaliths. 
then basically the North Pole and the South Pole are all like no one goes there and everybody just dies. Yeah, yeah, you stay away. Yep. So they're like, you thought the cold was the worst part? No, no. So like everybody's heard the stories. Like most of the stuff that goes missing, even in the ones that are landlocked, they've had reports of like airplanes missing. Right. I'm like, I don't understand. Damn that! How can, I can understand like in the, the ocean. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Bermuda Triangle, that's its big ships and airplanes. That's the two most common. Right, right, right. And I don't know. I I will quickly go devil's advocate on all of these areas as far as like the triangle dangerous places go. There, there are some that say you can make a triangle anywhere on the map, and you're going to find crashes there. It's or just, weird shit. Let's be more. Yeah, you're just gonna find random shit that happens. But, but yeah, the the what sets some of these apart is just the one sheer amount. Yeah. And to a lot of other stuff other than just disappearances, uh, they tend to coincide with uh, light sightings, uh, large creature sightings, all in these same areas. People disappearing. I did not find any large creature sighting. I actually looked. It's some. I'm uh, uh, looking through like some of the smaller. Like I said, I looked into, say, like the, the Bennington, which is, I think, uh, South Vermont. Yep. Little area. Shit ton of missing people. Also, a lot of stories of large, hairy creatures up oh. in those same areas. Uh, a lot of UFO sightings. Same areas. But that's, uh, you know, like, like I said, devil's advocate. It's always, oh, it could be this. And, and yeah, I, I, I can understand that. But like I said, a lot of these areas, there's too much weird. Just an overabundance of, of strange and weird. Just kind of, which is pointed out to why people then have, like say the Bermuda Triangle. Well, the person that actually came up with this has a really colored, like, has a lot of stock in paranormal. Ivan T. Sanderson is the one that oh. coined the bio yeah. vertices. Yep. And he's had dealings with everything from Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, UFOs, right. everything. He's had his fingers in it. He's like a mm-hmm. he's like one of the pillars of the community. Right. And he was into everything before it was cool. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Before he it was up really widespread. Huh? Yeah. Before it was widespread. Like it is now. I mean well, actually, you don't hardly hear anything about the Marina Triangle anymore or any of these not, places. Not a lot. Uh, everything, I think, has been taken over. And, and some of that, I think, is the proliferation of TV shows that have gone. Like, like you have Discovery, 90% probably of their programming anymore is all supernatural if yeah. you switch over there. I'm actually irritated when I go over there and it's not something supernatural. Like, Saturday mornings, it'll be like, oh, house hunting. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing on the, the spooky channel? <laughs> you didn't, you got to quit watching Oh, that's HGTV. right. These, these are the regular shows. But, yeah, I think a lot of it anymore has been uh, uh, ghost stuff has has really blown up. It's on the waning end again. Yeah. Bigfoot is becoming a bigger one now. Yeah. Uh, skinwalker type stuff. It's all runs in cycles. If yeah. You, if you've been in this talking about enough, you know how it runs in cycles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, like I said, I've watched it up and down. It, it goes in three. Bermuda Triangle uh, is, is the first one of these I knew about yep. as a small kid. And again, I think it was probably in search of when they had something on there. Uh, probably where I first saw Actually, I think it. they first well oh well, probably wasn't in search of for me it was like um weekly readers scholastic books. oh yeah they yeah, actually yeah. had a book it's like cost three dollars for yeah. book that's like eight pages but yeah you, you go back into uh say like like films and late 70s you see an explosion of like cheap 
Bermuda Triangle horror and some of them drama where they tried to make like a drama romance. 1971. Right, pitted against uh, Japanese. The, the, the uh, uh, Bermuda Triangle event happening. I got a question for you. So you're talking about movies now. What was that sci-fi miniseries about the Bermuda Triangle that had um, Lou Diamond Phillips in it? Oh, that was see, good. There again, around that same time. This was like was, in the nineties. Yeah, it was. It was like late nineties. Yeah, there was another huge Bermuda Triangle spin. I think it was when they were finding some of the Bimini Road stuff, and there was like a new uh, Renaissance. Ah, oh, what was that one? I will have to look at it because there was during like a three-year span in their late nineties, early two thousands. There was just a slew of Bermuda Triangle movies well, it's like, coming out. It was right around the same time when the. Last, I hate to say this, but the last Indiana Jones movie came out. Oh, yep, yep. Because it was about the Crystal Skull, and they are like, yep. "Oh, is there one of these in the Bermuda Triangle?" Cosmos? Right, right. I'm like, no, no offense, it's probably just all the methane down there. See, we should go there, collect them farts, and sell them. Ah, see, and yeah, see that goes back to the methane thing again. As far as <laughs> debunking boats, uh, I I can see where that is a feasible option for some of the ships that have disappeared. Yeah. I don't know as I buy it for getting rid of the planes. Well, yeah, they, it, does, they, they, it does change the air drafts. It does. But, yeah, but they also had them location of them hexagonal shaped clouds in yeah. a microburst. Yep. Just, and they're only seen like in the Bermuda Triangle yeah. for some odd reason. And it's, I mean, it, apparently it's a natural thing. Yeah, uh, not, but it's it not is, natural if it happens in one spot. Right. <laughs> it, it's, it, yeah, yeah, this happens here. That's like trying to say the desert. Galapagos turtle lives in Florida. It's natural here. No, it's right, a right, desert right. Galapagos turtle. <laughs> Wait, that's a giant tortoise. What are you doing here on the coast? But yeah, no, uh, Bermuda Triangle was probably the first one that really popped into my world. Uh, and it did. Like, it inspired a lot of imagination to me. Like, oh, what could be going on there? I mean, it was it was a big enough thing that it was actually part of the catalyst in uh, Close Encounters. Yeah, the, the there's plenty stuff. of stuff mentioned about that in Close Encounters. Yeah, it's like all the people they find so at the beginning 19. of the film. Spoiler alert for a movie that came out in 79, but you know they, they find the Flight 19 and all these different people who have disappeared through Bermuda Triangle. From the Star Tiger, Star Aerial. You know, everything. And, and the funny story is I have I have the collector's edition yeah, with oh yeah, God, yeah. It's got It's like the five-hour cutter of this movie. Yeah, it's awesome. The definitive. But the first time I saw it, I would have been... So when it came out, 79? 79. I, I was eight years old, and I saw commercials for it. I thought that was the scariest fucking thing, because I thought it oh. was a goddamn horror movie. I just, from the previews on TV. Cause right, I, right. I'm like, oh, my uncle's just laughing at me. He's like, no, it's it's a science fiction. I'm like, no, it's not scary. Oh, yeah. No, it did scare me, man, because I watched it in probably 80, because our friends actually had a VCR. We didn't. We were years away from getting that. If I was, okay, if I, I was, was I was I was five. In eighty, when I saw it, me. and uh, I, I, oh, yeah, no, like the beginning stuff, like with the kid, mm-hmm. like a lot of the beginning stuff, I didn't get because I was fucking five. But like the the kid getting taken out of the house and his toys going off, I was like, holy fuck, this is horrifying. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, brilliant film. I've, I've seen it multiple times over my life, and and I do love it. And there were little things, even when like I was into my twenties, and I was into this weird stuff, and it was much deeper. Where I actually understood that beginning intro with the pyramids and the fucking finding the people, and the I was like, desert. "Oh, yep, oh man, this movie is so much better now that I'm not five. 
and then eight, <laughs> and then ten, and still not knowing what's going on. But yeah, I mean, the, the Bermuda Triangle has been the big one. It, yep. It's about every, I would say, every ten to fifteen years, it kind of blows up again. Somebody finds something, or they throw out a new theory, and all of a sudden you have a shit ton of movies come out and specials, and people are talking about it, and then it just disappears again. It's like, oh yeah, the Bermuda Triangle, laugh it off. Well, I tried to make a run at it again in 2017, the Bermuda Triangle. So I looked it up, and this is the last person that went supposedly in the Bermuda Triangle within recent time, within the last four years. Wow. It's Jennifer Blumen. Blumen. And basically she disappeared. Her, her two sons, and their friend, the pilot, were flying along from Puerto Rico back to Florida, and they were catching the outer edge of it. All right. And they're at, like whatever altitude and all of a sudden they just disappeared from the radar they instantly started doing a search and they found wreckage but no bodies were recovered really it was just like all of a sudden it just like boom gone no no final yelling out message no, no nothing mayday nothing which is very typical for that too plus right, right. I checked in the weather conditions too it was clear weather from Puerto oh, really? Rico to Florida oh that's odd man are there all any cases you talk about the Bermuda Triangle? Oh, yeah. odd. Even look at Christopher Columbus, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. He is like the very first one yeah. to report anything in the Bermuda Triangle because it was written in his journals, but he didn't publicize it because of what he saw, because he saw the, what's the Jewish candle thing? Oh, the menorah, yeah. The menorah. It said basically they were making like menorah shapes in the sky. Oh, uh, yeah. I do remember seeing that. Uh, that's pretty wild shit. And it's, it's, there's been stuff. And I would need to clarify years. here. The reason he didn't say that is because he was Catholics and Catholics and Jews at that time. Right. Back in them days did not get along. No, well. no. Uh, yeah, I think we discussed it in another one. They, they would hire them to take care of their banking. But yep. by God, we're not going to talk to you when we see you in the street. Pretty much. Yeah, um, that's pretty wild. Then we're not the only ones that have like a corner on the market. Then you have the ever faithful the Devil's Sea. Yes. See, I was uh, kind of scared. If you went to Japan, you probably would have fly through that. Oh yeah, yeah, more than likely because it's. I would never see. Yeah, you it, it would be because it's uh, basically a little bit north of Tokyo. I think where the one South corner of Tokyo. is. And, well, it depends on which one. There's multiple. See, there's actually, if you really look it. into it, it's not really. Triangle. There's no like three points, <laughs> right? It's like the whole general. Of... Just basically put a big circle around Japan, right? That's what it is. Uh, yeah, no, we we would have probably flown right through that. Yeah, uh, damn it. That <laughs> has a long time. history too, especially like with um. Yeah, you got any stories? Because I got a couple. Well, I know as far as going back, there are reports even back during uh, the Games. Mongol. Yep. They yeah. they had stories of weird shit. Happening. I'm sorry, Seeing I cut you off. It's the Genghis Genghis Khan. Yeah, and the Mongol horde. Yeah, they, they have history with this place already. Yeah, they they you know seen lights and all kinds of weird stuff in that area. Lost ships and actually they lost forty thousand yeah. troops trying to invade Japan. And yeah, supposedly they got hit. Whether they think they got hit by a typhoon, and it actually was verified by both right because they actually found the shipwrecks. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they think it was uh, almost like a, a microburst typhoon just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, just just, that happens out. all the time. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty volatile waters around there. It really is. Um, just some of the uh, current 
that zips basically between the mainland and Japan. Well, also too, is like pretty brutal. Like a lot of people ask, well, why don't we find all these air? We're gonna jump back to the Bermuda Triangular second. We'll, we'll be hopping around. Yeah, but like in the Bermuda Triangular, he's like, oh, all these planes and ships, they should just find them when they sink. That's not true right. because there's a Gulf Stream on that certain area. If you something hits on the ground, let's say at point A, yeah. And within 24 hours, it can be born, it can be 200 miles away from yeah. where it sunk because that jet stream is that Gulf Stream is so strong underneath there, it just pushes everything. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really not that far off from Finding Nemo, where where you know yeah. they're hopping into that. It's realistically what it is. It's a massive, super fast running current of water yeah, in colder the water. water. Usually colder water. Colder and then yeah, but yeah, it could uh, even something that large. It will move it. Miles and miles and miles and miles. Oh yeah, it, without a. Thought. That's why you would. That's why the wreckage. But I find it interesting too that like even with any of these like the Devil's Sea. Yeah. There's no warning saying, "Oh shit, Godzilla's here." Right. You get some warning of what happens. Shit, basically it's just like, boom, they're and gone. They're gone. Yeah, that that's absolutely every time with these guys. Uh, yeah, because they had uh, issues back in the fifties. Uh, back in one one story I saw was uh, 1945, towards the end of the uh, World War II, there was a Zero pilot that had been flying in that area and disappeared. His last message that he said was, something is happening in the sky. The sky is opening up, and then he was gone and was never found. No wreckage, no one saw him again, just gone. So it's like, hmm. <laughs> See, but in Bermuda Triangle, that same thing happened to people. But yes. they basically they're flying from, let's say, Porter. They're basically flying from somewhere and they had to fly through the Bermuda Triangle. And they're flying through what they thought these storm clouds were. And it started to make an oval, a circle. And they flew through the circle to yep. now hit the clouds. And all of a sudden, they gained like two hours yeah. flight time. I was going to say, they, they had basically hopped a couple Forward hours. Times. Yeah. Because yeah. they even said, oh, that's not possible. And they checked the field and they're like, yeah, they got like. Three extra hours worth of fuel here. Yeah, yeah, that was the things they were like, oh, they're full of shit. But yeah, they, they, the techs and that started looking at their fuel, the distance they had supposed to have flown, and yeah, they had way more fuel than they were supposed to. Even with a massive tailwind, they said that you still wouldn't have saved that much fuel. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just doesn't happen. Ah, <coughs> uh, you also had that one guy down in Australia that was back what seventies. Guy had a little Piper Cessna. Yep. And and he was and it's a pretty famous case. I didn't actually write it down because I've heard the story quite a few times. I don't think that was actually one of the vile war disease. No, it, it's south of of uh, Queensland. It would be yeah, it was right around Queensland. But there again, it's the same kind of thing. The, the guy said, "Hey, something's going on. Uh, there's something above my plane. It is not another plane." Then you, yeah, then they have audio of like hitting something. Yeah, there's but a they're trying to say scraping of metal. <laughs> I find this funny because I've listened to a couple of like astonishing tales podcast. Yep. Did one I listened to that, and they're like they're trying not these guys not astonishing tales, but the people in charge trying to say, well, he was flying upside down and he was seeing the reflection off the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, go hang upside down for five minutes and you will know you're upside down oh, you don't yeah, care if no. you're in a plane or not yeah plane or not your your internal uh stabilizer goes ooh something's not right like i said i don't fly a whole lot but i've flown enough where if we're flying i can tell you when we make a, even a slight turn because i can feel that oh yeah 
if you are literally flying your plane, even if you get donked up with bad weather, and it wasn't bad weather when this guy flew out, you're going to realize when you're upside down, because gravity still fucking works when you're flying upside down. (laughs) It's not like an anti-gravity bubble around your plane. Things that are on the ground are going to go up, and he's like, oh, shit, something's not right. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, there's a scraping noise, and then radio silence, and it wasn't found. Yeah, like, most of your, like, you have the Wharton Basin, that's, like, toward, that's on the west side of Australia, that's one of the vile vortices, and that's basically just giant area, and they're, like, missing planes and all that fun stuff, and the funny thing, you know what plane went missing there? MH370. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's that's where they say that's not true. That's true. Right, yeah. No, that has nothing to do with that. No. Uh, but no, even going back to, say, uh, the uh, Dragon Fang or Devil's Sea as it is, there are conflicting reports. There are a lot of the stories that came out uh, mid early to mid-50s that there were at least nine different ships that have disappeared uh, no trace. Ship was sent in to find them. Disappeared. Uh, the the government itself at that point had said, this is a danger area to try to avoid some of these waters. But then you also have some other people who've gone back in and said, yeah, we can't find any proof that they ever said this. Uh, some of these ships they said were lost, weren't lost. And, and it's hard because you're going back to, like, 1950. Yeah. Plus to also, someone who was just recently one of our mortal enemies. You yeah. Know, within five years in front of that. It, so it's kind of hard to fact check some of their stuff. But it kind of leads to that trope, too, like where you said, these, this one boat went out looking for the other boats. Right. That sounds really familiar to me because Flight 19 did exactly. the same thing. Oh, they, yeah. They lost them six, Dodds. whatever. Yeah, they lost, squadron. They lost of, a squadron of, squadron of planes. And like, oh, you just go out there and look for them. They took this big carrier airplane out there to go find yep. them. Well, that disappeared too. Yeah. And, I mean, there were a bunch of different people going out looking, covering areas that they thought that these guys should be in. Even started looking in places they went, well, they probably wouldn't be here. Couldn't find anything. But yeah, it was one of the, the bigger, uh, I don't remember what uh, type of plane it was, but it was it was a bigger carrier type plane. But yeah, it flew out. Headed off their same noble radio contact, just boop, disappeared, gone. <laughs> just then, just like the other ones were. I'm not going to Hawaii, I just read this. There's right. an area in Hawaii. It's a Hamakua, is a region in, of the northeast coast of Hawaii, is a site where there was once a high energy volcano and a vile ver- vortice. Guess I'm not going to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, a couple of the disappearances uh, from the 50s over by Japan were blamed on a underwater volcano as well. But Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. If, you, if you've dug enough into this and watched plenty of programs, right. science makes a good point because underneath the Bermuda Triangle, there is vast fields yeah. of methane. Yeah. And it's something bubbles up and reacts with the water, and all of a sudden the buoyancy of your... 200 ton ship it's gone and it just sinks like a rock right when i first heard them uh throwing that idea out i was like fuck you yeah you're just trying to ruin something that's interesting and fun but they've actually done experiments in in large tanks with and it works (laughs) scale size ships and then yeah it's uh okay blast little blast of methane underneath it and holy fuck within seconds 
this three foot model ship is at the bottom of that goddamn tank. Because yep. it just throws things off. Stupid science. But, yeah, I mean, it just throws things <laughs> off. Uh, some of, some of the, the the boats and ships I can understand a little more than I do some of the airplanes. Yeah. Just disappear. See, the airplanes are the ones I'm like, where do they go? Right. Because, I'm sorry, methane does not affect. They've done experiments with that, too. Yes. They put it in a closed room, and they figured out how much methane it would take for the engine to explode. Right. But that would not stop you from still having radios. Yes, you would have radios. Uh, even if your engine explodes, the, the whole purpose of your wing is to still get lift. Yep. You are still going to be able to glide if your engine goes out to some extent. And you're not going to, unless you're like nose diving straight right. down, you're going to actually, the plane will float for a little while. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, uh, like they said, yeah, a large cloud of methane will affect a plane but really no but more in the concentrations it would have to be done yeah it can only be done in a laboratory setting yes where it's sealed and very much controlled yep. it would be such a large blast of methane that everything else would have figured it out too because there would be a bunch of dead fish and everything else showing up because it would because that goes up through the water and let's be honest anything getting caught in methane like that is not going to probably survive no Unless you're a very large creature that can get the hell out of the way fast enough. Or you hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, just... I, the, the planes... Ships I get... I mean, it's... I, I Like I've said before, I love the ocean. I love the idea of being out in the ocean. But it also terrifies the shit out of me. And it's because I do realize how big it is and how quickly little shit out there can kill you. You know, I mean, it's just an ocean. Weather. You can't drink the water. That's the yeah. biggest thing. I'm, I'm not even going. Oh, there's sea monsters. I'm talking like natural weather. You're in the middle of the Atlantic. Some weird fucking squall comes up. A fucking large, you know, sixty foot wave. Your ship's gone, man. You have no control over that. You're done. Well, there's also the theory too with rogue waves, and they've actually right. documented them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tri- rogue triangle waves. Yep. And it's just really weird. I've seen video. It's like a uh, ten second clip. The things are like seventy feet tall, but they're they got a point on yep. them, and they come at the ship, and they're like, "Oh, that's that good." No, there's some of that uh, footage of like larger <laughs> vessels, even say like up in the the North Atlantic or even up in the North Pacific, where they're getting into choppy weather, and you're they got a basically a dash cam up, yeah. up in in the uh, the uh, control cabin, and just watching them come into these waves. And you just see that thing towering over, and it's like, oh, hey, oh, oh, going up, and then splash all over. It's like, oh, fuck, man. No, that's terrifying. It would be, because you, you got the wrong way. Once you're going up at a 45, you're oh, yeah. down at a 45. That's like a rough And, and it's, it's rough weather that pops up like that. If it's hitting, there's a lot of times they will steer into those, because you, you the ship can handle that a lot better. If that a large wave like that comes out of nowhere and just broadsides you, Ships are not designed to really take the broadside wave like that. They're just not. No, they're not. I mean, they're they're angled for a reason for cutting through the water, not being blasted on the side. But yeah, I can see easily where where ships can go down. Even when you get up into say like uh, the uh, Great Lakes. Yep. I mean, they they they're called lakes, but let's be real, they're freshwater seas. Yeah, they they are massive inland seas, and they have their own. The Michigan Waves, Triangle. Michigan. Yep, Michigan uh, has its own triangle. Oh, yeah, and it's 
and I, I can understand, I don't know how much of that is actually just weird stuff as paranormal, or if it's just, there's such weird weather stuff that comes off of just well, how things are lined up up there. Yeah, a lot of it too is like you got, okay, like I already mentioned Bennington Triangle, the yep. Michigan Triangle, you right. the Borrego Triangle. Um, there's one outside of Vegas, Nevada Triangle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has like close to 200 planes that have crashed there, but they still haven't found the fucking planes. Yeah, which... I don't understand that, dude. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't understand what Nevada is... Is it's, a giant fucking desert. It's, it, it's not like you're falling into an ocean where or it's gonna, jungle. Yeah, it's or impassable mountains. It's desert. Yeah, it's desert and mountains. Yeah, That's and the mountains ain't that. It's, yeah, coming. they're over in one little chunk. Yeah, it's pretty much just flat. How do they miss island. that many planes? They can't find them. And it's not like it's you know a, a sandstorm blowing up and covering them up within hours. I mean, it's. They make that cat to be enough. Oh, there's my baby girl. Hi. But yeah, no, it's it's it it's a big shiny metal thing in the middle of of desert sand. I mean, that's how do you not see it? Yeah, just, I can understand after years, I can understand it'd be covered up by sand, but in hours, I just don't <laughs> buy it, man. I, I just don't see how that would happen. Like you, you know, even even if it's like oh, okay, this is where we lost contact with them. A plane can go quite a few miles before it fully crashes. Don't even think about it, Cap. Even then, you're looking at... You're, you're going over it with other planes. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that somewhere. You think you have to. I mean, I've well, been even with today's technology, everybody's like, oh, Google's yeah. map. Come on, people. The airplane, if you can't find it with Google's maps... Right. I mean, we have satellites running across there all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have planes... We find little old markers from, like, World War II for right. test pilots. Everybody's like... What's this arrow mean? Yep. Well, World War II pilots use it to say, hey, follow the arrows because most of them couldn't read a map. This is where the bombing area is. Yep. You see a line, that's when you start dropping your bombs. That's how they taught pilots back in those oh, days. Oh, yeah. Because well, they were going through them so fast. There was a whole show that was just about uh, people that have found weird buildings and just shit like that. And like, oh, what is this? And they would go in and explain, okay, yeah, this is what this was. And yeah, there were some of them. It's like, what are all these things on the ground? It looks like this or that. And yeah, it was a an old World War Two air facility. testing place. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, follow these lines. This is where you need to, start to train the people how to drop the bombs at the right timing. Yeah. And that's all it was. It had never been torn apart because it cost more to tear it apart. Than just and they're made out of fucking four you know, feet of you just, you just let it sit. <laughs> and they're still white. Yeah. It's like it's, white. Big, they're like yep. eight foot long, a foot wide. And I'm like arrows on the ground, like just barely like. Two feet above. Yeah, and yeah, just coming across them, I would be like, "What the hell is this for?" Yeah, I mean, you you, you don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting, but yeah, you. I, I just can't understand. Either I can understand places. planes being lost in the ocean, but not yes. in a desert. I, I just don't get it. Like I said, with the technology, we we're going to be saying that a lot this episode. Yeah, I think. like it just that they just. It, baffles me like, like i said there's always a little bit of uh, incredulity to two things when it comes to being over the ocean because once you're you first you're dealing especially with planes you're dealing with aerodynamics and then depending on why they are no longer flying will change how they're dropping yep two you're then hitting water which is now the hydrodynamics of an ocean which you are now trying to figure out where this thing could have floated from there 
and I can understand it is very much a needle in a haystack kind of situation in a lot of those. But the Nevada desert, <laughs> if you're if you're traveling across it on horse or car, I can understand not seeing something. But when you're going over with planes and and specifically search planes, how are you not finding a plane that's wrecked? It's very and it's simple. Not even you just, just don't like, see it anymore. Right, right. I, it's camouflaged. Just saying, it's it's either not there. Well, that's that's uh, that's not one of the more inexplicable things that happens in these vile vortices. Right. Like you have like the city of Karachi, the home of the ancient city. Of, oh, sorry, yeah, Karachi, Pakistan, the home of the ancient city of Mohenjo Daru. It is considered one of the earliest major cities on Earth, and is the area where, according to numerous authors and research, we find ground zero for a detonation of ancient nuclear weapons. But that's not the only place either no. where we find remains of detonations of ancient nuclear weapons. There's it's... one in Ireland I know for sure because they have a vitrified castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also, basically they found this... Uh, refined uranium in africa oh yeah 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 they're like yeah, yeah this is, that, yeah. is not natural this is refined uranium yeah, how this, did it get here yeah there, there's a, a definite uh distinct signature yep. from wild found dug up uranium to uranium that has been worked on it it changes the the signature of it uh uh, yeah, the, the Mahindra Daro stuff is very fascinating. When I first saw that, I was like, well. <laughs> this is where I say. Perhaps. I, I don't know. I know. Because I know there, there are whole chunks over there that the sand has just been turned to glass. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, strong lightning could do that if a long time ago. But the the type of glass and the size of it. Actually, it would, yeah. the type of glass you're talking about, or the people were thinking of, it's Trinity glass, yes. which is very specific to nuclear detonations. Because yes. the only place you can find Trinity glass is where its namesake from is from Trinity, New Mexico, where yep. the Trinity test site yep. happened. And yeah, it's like right, yeah, like I said, right away I was like, well, it could be you know lightning strikes of glass, but yeah, they're like, oh yeah, this is a, a very specific nuclear blast created glass. It's like oh. Well, that's that's not possible. You know, I mean, according to our, our history books, that's not possible at all because we weren't doing anything like that. And this, this site is old. Like, this is old, old, old. Like we said, Mahindra Daro itself is considered to be one of the very first major cities, cities on Earth. On Earth. Not in modern era. Uh, on Earth. That we are aware of. Yeah. So we're talking thousands. Like, it's, it's yeah. fucking old. And that this would be dug up and found. It's like, um, where did this come from? And I don't, I don't know. Have scientists, like the official scientists, ever come up with an explanation for it? Or do they just pretend it's not there? They I say I don't it's remember. probably something from like a meteor strike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Because they say it's just way a meteor struck it by accident. And they're like, this is where all that type of glass you get from. Right. But it's kind of hard to explain that because we're off on a tangent already. Right. But right. like the vitrified... Basically, the forts in Ireland yeah. that are vitrified. Because I had somebody discussion with somebody many years ago when I first brought this up. They're like, well, that's easy. You just put a bunch of trees next to it. I said, you better have the whole goddamn world's right. fir- forest up there 
burning continuously yeah. to make it do this. Yeah, they're probably just trying to siege it, and they put oil or something on it. It's like, no, this kind of uh, this this kind of damage doesn't come from a forest fire, man. It doesn't even come from boiling oil. What, yeah, what you consider a medieval siege weaponry. No, I mean, even like the the mythical Greek fire is not going to create this. No, it, it, this is an intense blast and heat well i wonder if a willy p could because that can burn underwater uh, yeah but i don't know if it's oh, if willy... I, I think it's a different type of burn yeah that shit's nasty yeah willy p uh, will oh actually burn underwater yeah no that's... the thing is just nasty mm. i met it when i was in basic training in basic training as they was in fort dix new jersey and this guy come up here and he's a vietnam veteran awesome dude awesome right. awesome dude he gave like one of them Military, hoorah, hoorah, speech oh, yeah. is telling you you're doing good. Yeah. But what I didn't tell you is he gave this awesome speech, but 90% of his body was burned from a Willie P. Uh, and he basically was in a wheelchair. He's yeah. missing most of his fingers. Oh, yeah. And he had his wheelchair to get around. But he's, he went on, he's a pure American by heart. And this guy was awesome. But he said, this is what happens when a Willie P explodes. There's there is a definite reason why they were basically just kind of outlawed at one point. Or yeah. It's like yeah, we're not doing these because how it works. Anybody doesn't know it's white phosphorus. Phosphorus itself ignites in oxygen. Oof. Well, this whole thing is a grenade <coughs> filled with chunks of white. And white phosphorus is one of the more nasty, volatile versions of phosphorus. I think yellow can sit out for quite a while before it'll light up. But white is very volatile. But this thing would blow up and it would throw chunks of burning white phosphorus on everyone around it. Well, the downside is you could cover that up and it will it will stop burning. But as soon as you go to work on them to get that out, it relights and starts burning again. Uh, and if you don't take it out, it's going to kill you anyways because that much phosphorus is going to kill you. <laughs> Plus, hey, like I said, it can burn underwater, too, because oh, yeah. there's enough oxygen in yeah. water that it activates it. Yeah, it just, it's, white is volatile. Like, yellow, we could, we actually had, uh, my, my high school, uh, uh chemistry teacher, chemistry teacher. It, it, oh, man, this guy, and, and I know a lot of people really liked him, and I didn't hate the guy, but sometimes he was kind of clueless. And I remember... Uh, like had, the best science teacher. Oh, yeah, man. It was, no it offense, was fun. Keith Stormo, if you ever listen to this, you're oh, awesome Stormo. science. You yeah. know him? I know him, yeah. Keith Stormo, he can be absent-minded sometimes, but he's oh. the best science teacher I ever had. Right. But, yeah, this guy, he was... Uh, we were going over phosphorus, and they had chunky yellow phosphorus, and he would always put some out as he was talking, and it would start to smoke, you know, but after a while, because it takes a while for yellow to kick off. Well, it, my class... <laughs> It apparently uh, took a lot less time than he was expecting because that fucker erupted. Like, instantly, <laughs> the whole room just started filling with yellow smoke. It's burning and spittering all over the pages up on his desk. And I was laughing so goddamn hard. And my, my class was like 70% super jocks. So kind of, kind of, and some of them are good guys, don't be wrong. But some of them are kind of clueless. And I'm laughing my ass off. I'm like, 
not much of a chemistry teacher if you're gonna burn the class down with, with yellow phosphorus man it's like <laughs> nine in the morning it's like oh jesus and i'm like you're probably still hung over it, it hurt the rest of the day because i just me and my one friend were just still sitting there laughing our asses off. i was like oh man we probably better get out of here this probably isn't safe but yeah just my lungs hurt the rest of the day but it was so goddamn ridiculous but yeah no then this shit's nasty yeah, just a, straight up it's nasty yeah. stuff but to get back on track now, right. all these triangles, these vile vortices have really weird stuff going on, either like with buildings right. or shit happening. And the Wharton Basin, I just looked through my notes, and actually it's really close to Mon Madal in Polynesia. Uh, That's okay. at basically where they have these big hexagon-shaped yep. rods made out of obsidian that makes the structures. Yeah, yeah. really cool looking. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, they're cool looking. And the history of them is like, if you look at them, everybody asks these people, if you stay in these overnight, you die. Right. Because ghosts of the past will come and kill you. Yep. And they ask them, well, how did they move these big rods? These are like 30 foot long. Yeah. 10 ton stone rods. Yeah, they're solid. It's Basically, it's, solid. it looks like, um, if you if you want to picture them, look at the Giant's Causeway in, in where's that, England or Ireland? Ireland, They're going to kill I us, I think. Northern oh, yeah. Ireland, <laughs> United Kingdom. By the way, if you look up the Giant's Causeway, just look it up right now. Pause what you're listening, listening to us. Look it up. And you'll see these stones that are like hexagon shaped, like a stop sign. And then like stacked on top of each other. That's the stones that are used in Mon, Mon Badal. If I can't say that right. <laughs> but they use them as a building to build their temples and their buildings. Yeah. And when they uh, asked the people how they moved them, they said they used sound to move them. They didn't move them by hand. Right. So. It's sonics. Uh, but that's odd, I guess. Uh, that's pretty close to where this Warren Basin. Yeah, because like, I'm trying to figure out stuff that like really weird. Because I I got a total theory about some. I think somebody is hiding all this information. I think right. I know who it is. Yeah, see that that's interesting that they use sound to move that. Because uh, where is it? Florida, where that guy built uh, Coral Castle. Yeah, yeah, Coral Castle. And and a lot of the stuff said there was he was using sound and and anti-gravity technology to move all these things because they never saw heavy construction equipment yeah these massive stones that are pivoting and and it's impressive as hell to see yeah uh but yeah a lot of the stuff coming out of there was that he was using sounds to move that and give it a weightlessness too which is interesting that you know halfway across the world they're saying yeah that's what we use we use sound to move these giant Obsidian. Uh, anyone doesn't know obsidian is basically a black, hard rock formed from volcanic. Yeah. yeah, it's volcanic obsidian. Very, very sharp. Yeah, it was actually used at one time as uh, by ancient Egyptians as surgical oh. tools. Yeah, because <laughs> if you get a like if you nap it and you put yep. an edge on it, it is like sharp as a scalpel, a doctor's yeah. scalpel nowadays. Well, it's a lot of those uh, areas, Polynesia. A lot of those. That's what they used for their harpoons, spears. All that was obsidian tips. Because yep. they are, it's pretty solid. It's very durable and, and holds uh, a hell of, hell of an edge. Oh, they're bad. Yeah, I've seen an obsidian knife that somebody had crafted. And this is like modern time. And it's, whew, dude, I'm it's pretty sure that's where the game of, JR, well, the guy who wrote Game of Thrones, I'm pretty sure that's where he got for the Dragonstone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Guarantee yeah. that's where he got that yeah. idea from looking at that. Yeah, no, it's impressive as hell. It really is. But yeah, they, that they moved it with sound is just kind of interesting idea. See this? Okay, we're going to talk about another one here. The South Atlantic Anomaly. Yes. I don't actually know if that... Would you consider that 
a vile vortice. Ivan T. Sanderson uh, did because technically that's part of the Van Allen yes. radiation belt that's yes. above us. Yep. And then, it, yeah, it's I I, I will uh, only because I have to concede that maybe not all vortices are just land based. Um, but yeah, it's well they said they came in since they've been keeping track of it since they right. launched it. They said the lowest it's ever dipped from the surface of the planet is basically the height. If you go up 112 miles, that's yep. as low as it's gotten toward the Earth. Yeah. I don't think there's any, very many planes that fly at 112 no, miles high. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, except for North Korea, because, you know, they've flown right. to the sun and everything yep, else. Yeah, that's true, that's but, true. But, I mean, that's, you, you can't that's argue with the great there. leader. Uh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I do put it in there, uh, if for no other reason. It is a weird anomalous, and, and, yeah, I, I, I put it in there. I would say it is a, a type of uh, bizarre vortice. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. That's my then you got the megalithic ruins of Algier. That's yep. right by the Sahara Desert, which is a fucked up place anyway. Because there's <sighs> reports of other parts of the Sahara Desert where planes have gone missing. That, I can see that in that desert because yeah. no one wants to go on that, some bitch. Yeah, now that, that's, yeah, I, I was going to say when we were talking about Nevada, it's like, man, we're not dealing with the Sahara. And that's a whole different monster. There, that the Sahara moment. is nothing but sand. Yeah, and, and it's fast-moving sand. That's yeah. the problem. You get into parts of that. I, I would honestly be really interested uh, to get the technology to view down farther ground penny ground pen yeah. gpr but like something even stronger than what we have now to actually be able to map out because i think there's piles of shit underneath that desert Scorpion I think there is. Yeah, right right that the rock is out there waiting i mean we've us. we've actually found quite a few remains of cities that they've come across on edges of the sahara that they thought were myth yeah and they start finding this, like, oh, fuck, See, because you can't use here. LIDAR because it reflects too much off right. the sand. You have to do something totally yep. different to penetrate through the reflectivity of the sand on right. the silica in it. Yeah, it's... Maybe you should come up with that. Maybe billionaires do. <laughs> Man, you should learn better technology and science and, and make <laughs> us money. But, yeah, no, I... I, I uh, there's so much weird to the Sahara period. Uh, well, I, we have I the eye of the world there. I find it super fascinating. But I don't want to go there because fuck that. Uh, that hot. is that is a, a life-taking place, man. It is, like I said, even without a sandstorm, in 12 hours your footprints can be gone in that sand because there's just nothing but sand and wind. And at one point it was uh, f- jungle and fucking water and... Oh, yeah, that's millennia. that. No, people don't don't say that. Some people don't believe that. Right, right. right. Don't believe. Don't say that, Marty. <laughs> don't do it. But yeah, no. I mean, it's it's. I, I think there's a lot of shit. Much like the bottom of the ocean, I think there's plenty of cool stuff under there and Antarctica. I think under the Sahara, I think there are just treasure troves of stuff that we don't even have a clue. Oh yeah, but. We'll never see unless it's, it's somebody like you comes up with a really cool <laughs> right. radar idea. We, we need some cool satellite. Don't any of our buddies have like de- electronic guys? I, I do have a few engineers and and electronics guys in my pocket. I keep well the engineers. We got to butter up because we make fun of them for being engineers. Yeah, so we got to be nice to them and buy them off. But yeah, I think, I think if we made that that dividend from that, we'd buy them off. Uh, yeah, I think I think you know. Yeah, you want two percent of what we make off this. <laughs> then you also have the megaliths of Zimbabwe. 
home of two supermassive stone structures that are located near an area of the Sahara Desert again, where mysterious planes disappearances occur. <laughs> it just, oh man. I can see, like we said, just said, like you picture the Sahara as the only landmass ocean because the sand moves. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's. No. I can see planes easily getting lost out there. Yeah. No. Yeah. Without a doubt. It, it, like I said, it, it wouldn't take too many hours to be completely covered over. And unless you're right on the ball when it drops to go find where it went, yeah, I, I could easily see tens of hundreds of planes disappearing and never being found. Then the last one we have to mention yet is Easter Island, home of the giant Morai Morai statues. Those things are just an enigma by themselves, right? Yeah, that's another one I think uh, in search of introduced me to those. I was like, what is this? And yeah, just the the stuff behind them just is phenomenal. Uh, even if you don't recognize the name, if you saw a picture of them, I guarantee you to be like, "Oh yeah, those things." Yeah, they're the big red stone. Yeah, Easter. Everybody, if if you're into paranormal, you've seen oh, pictures. Yeah, yeah. Or conspiratorial, I think you've seen pictures of the yeah. Easter Island statues. Uh, that's so another cool. place too. That's like the like with the, the Rapa Nui language they don't know they found the language but they don't know what it says right yeah they <laughs> and even other people of Polynesian descent yeah they don't really yeah we know, know it's a language but we don't we can't remember what it was yeah it's yeah yeah we we knew of them and so that's about it these 12 vortices are broken up into the, the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn the Cancer Tropic of Cancer is north then you have, then that north you have the Maria Triangle, Mohenjo Daru, the Devil Sea, Hemakulia, Hawaii, and the Megalith ruins of Algeria. Then in the Tropics of Kansas, which is Southern Hemisphere, you have the South Atlantic Anomaly, the, the Megalithics of Zimbabwe, Wharton Basin, uh, the Loyalty Islands are the Herbrides Trench, the Fiji Islands. And that's the one I'm talking about where it's got all that funny oh, yeah. stuff. Yep. Then you have the Easter Islands. But I did some more digging, a lot of digging. <laughs> had a little bit of time today after I came home, <laughs> and um, I found a connection to all. They all have one thing in connection, except for the Wharton Basin. They're all connected. Really? Yep. Besides the shape of a triangle, and it's a twenty-sided die, which is called a decahedron. No, don't decahedron. is not a twenty-sided die, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I lost my D&D card just for that. Out of all the, yeah, the Bermuda Triangle, all, we'll start off, they're all connected by one thing, and that's the UN, UNESCO, World Heritage Sites. Every last one of them is a World oh. Heritage Site, except for Wharton Basin. And I'm like, Wharton Basin, oh. is, I don't think they can find it because if you look it up, like the Rio Triangle, I'll use that for an example. Right. Three points of it are Miami, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda Island. Yeah. They all are part, they're all world heritage sites. Then you have the uh, Geo's Megalith. That's a place, that's a world heritage site. Mohenjo Daro, same thing. Now, the Devil's Sea was kind of hard to figure out, but the Devil's Sea's zone is location is the Izu Peninsula. Yeah. The Izu Islands. And that is, all them island chains there is a yeah. World Heritage Site. The volcano in Hawaii, same right. thing. 
The South Atlantic Naomi, that was a fun one to figure out. Because I'm like, all right, it's up in the air. Yeah. But if you look right below it, you have Pantajoa, Loreto, Peru. Which is interesting because it's an inter... Uh, inter ah, the one where you basically draw a line. Look. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the interconnected... Yeah, it's a, it just had the damn name. Oh, it's an antipode. Yeah. Of Singapore, which is a World Heritage Site. Oh. Then you also have the Loyalty Islands. That's Mamadal, World Heritage Site, Greater Zimbabwe. Now, that's also a World Heritage Site. Right. Now I'm looking at the North and the South Pole. Well, the South Pole, you can't throw a rock out there without hitting a World Heritage Site in yeah, Antarctica. Yeah. But I found it interesting that the North Pole, they consider the World Heritage Site the premier one of the North of the Arctic as Regal Island. You know what's interesting about this? Oh. Regal Island was the last spot mammoths were ever found to be alive 2,000 years ago. Yeah. How the fuck do you figure that out that they were there 2,000 years ago? Ooh. All these places, a UNESCO, what the fuck are you hiding your World Heritage Site people? What do you know you need to let out? Wow. Open up your books because you guys are just as bad as the Smithsonian. Wow. They're all connected to the UNESCO. World Heritage Sites, which I find really weird because what's the easier way to not people dig around and stuff? Oh, it's a World Heritage Site. Stop looking. Don't touch. Uh -huh. Fine. Ban. Go into jail for a long damn time. Oh, yeah. If you get seen again for at all. Oh, wow. Interesting. I come up with the interesting shit. <laughs> wow. I, oh, I did not know that. That's See, because the Warden Base, and that's the only one I can't find, that is not a UNESCO, but technically it could be, because in the Warden Basin, they're talking about it because it's a really heavy geological right. faults are right in there. And where where is that one at? That's in the, by the Indian Ocean. It's on the oh, okay. yep. west side of Australia. Yep, yep, yep. Basically pretty much what, where everybody thinks MH370 went Yeah, out. right in that area. Uh Interesting. It, yeah, it, it's not a site. Prove me wrong. And also, the yet. really the really cool thing too, about the one the South Atlantic anomaly, yeah, Pantajoa Loreto, Peru, is only it's in the same country as the Nazca lines. Yeah, and it's also it's only like seven hundred. You can't if you drive it from there, it's gonna take you four days. Right. But if you fly, it's only seven hundred sixty-seven nautical miles, air miles, straight line. Really. Ugh. God damn. You need to get hurt more often, man. Uh, no, I don't. I don't need to get hurt at all. But I find it, like, it's like the old thing goes like the Smithsonian's hiding stuff. I think the World Heritage oh, Site yeah. is also hiding stuff too by saying, hey, let's make this, this site. You can't touch it. Right. Like there's spots in the Grand Canyon that are World Heritage Sites. Yes. They're the same spots where they say that there's Egyptian artifacts, hardglyphs. You yeah. can go there, but you're going to be fine and banned. Yeah. Yeah. And every, if you took pictures, your camera and your phone are oh, yeah. gone. Yeah, now that's all forfeit. But you can yes. actually go there if you want to be banned from all national parks for life. Right. And you'd be like uh, one of them crazy guys like me that say, I saw this. Where's your proof? Yeah. Oh, did you? Okay, you know, I've heard your show. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. If you've heard uh, our show, thank you. <laughs> is, is it one of those you wonder if, if they're competing against each other for, for shit? With the Smithsonian? You know what I mean? We're going to hide more stuff than you. Yeah, look at all the shit we're hiding, you know. 
See, but I don't think it'd be uh, worth it to know. hide it. They just need to let it come out. Right. People are dumb in a group, but eventually the smart ones are, are will eventually take over, and you'll. Right. Uh, They've uh, actually had two years of doing that right now, and eventually cooler heads are actually prevailing now. Right. After the last two years. Yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. There, there is that that uh, initial panic and and freaking out. But I, I have, and this is weird coming out of my mouth, but I have enough faith in humanity as, as a whole, as a thinking entity, that we would go, okay, now what are we going to do with this? Once the wackadoos, you know, kill each other <laughs> off and, and, and proverbially, you know, eat each other alive over stupid shit, the common sense eventually will kick in and be like, okay, what do we do with this knowledge? Uh... Let's go forward with this. Look at the technology we have here. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, but I, I suppose there is that fear of the initial wave of panic and idiocy. And, and you tend to get, uh, depending on what information is leaked out there, it can, even on, say, a religious level, shake some people's faith. Yeah. And that's a dangerous thing that's to play around That's probably the most dangerous it is. aspect uh, the, of like, the anything zealot. like that. Like world changing history, oh, yeah. worldview, religion is one topic. Oh yeah, it's volatile. It's it's the most volatile one there is. Yeah, I mean, there, there there's a reason that the term zealot usually is used in a type terms. Of, yeah, a, a religious offshoot term. Uh, oh man, yeah, because like science, like like I myself, it it would probably depending on what technology we're looking at. Even if you're looking at say like the the sound, sonics of moving heavy stuff, well, I'd, it will change things in the world. But for someone like me, it's like, oh man, how, how can we utilize that? You know, that's what I'm looking at. So I don't think like, it's, ah. I don't think it's the sonic. I think it's no. the the world changing. It's like I'm using this as an example. The Clovis people, right, right? This guy who found the Clovis people 15 years before they actually said, hey. I found this thing in a certain layer of dirt. These artifacts, these people were here before these people. And the whole academic community blackballed him for like 15 years. And all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, he was right. Yeah, they they strung him up like a a fucking proverbial pinion. Tarred and fettered. And just beat the hell out of him. Called him a quack. And he was right. Fake science, you know, all this bullshit. You're just making up things to fit what you want to have. I actually think, like, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, he was correct. I yeah. Mean, yeah, they eventually had to go, yeah, sorry, we fucked up. There's um also, like, the, the my brain just went to the South Atlantic Anomaly. Right. Because whenever satellites go over it, they shut them down. Yes. They do. I think, if anybody's, if you don't watch this next Netflix series called, um, oh, I can't think of the damn name of it. It's an animated one. Inside Job. Oh, God. I watched that, and I actually, the final episode, they show this picture of Earth, and they said, yeah, Google pays a lot of money to make that sure that picture doesn't go on Google Earth. Yep. And I'm like, oh, that's the South Atlantic anomaly right where they put it. Yep, yep. I'm like, that makes a lot of goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah, as, as, as an offshoot uh, reference to Netflix here, uh, if you like adult comedy animation and love paranormal weird bullshit, it's definitely a series. You can blaze through it pretty fast. Oh yeah, they only so it's got like I don't think ten episodes. Yeah, maybe, I don't think I don't know if they're gonna make a second minutes. season or not. I hope they do. I hope they do. But yeah, it's, it's it, as a conspiracy guy, or if you grew up with X Files and Men in Black, it, trust you'll me, love it covers show. all it's your fantastic. bases. It oh, got yeah, lizard people, Bigfoot. There, there's so many like little jokes, like in the background of like their their mall, just the names of restaurants and shit. Yeah. It's, you'll love it. Just 
trust me, check it. Inside job. Inside jobs. Fan. Yeah, I think you're the one that said, oh, you yeah. need to watch it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it. Blazed through the whole thing in like a weekend. I was like, oh, my God. I want more. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, yeah, that's absolutely the, the very end of that was. And that that's not a lie. They, they do shut that off so yep. that n- nothing is being seen as it goes over there. Huh. Weird. 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 Well, have we got anything more for these folks? I'm going to die here a second. Hey, I'm going <coughs> to die. Hold on. Uh, no, man. I uh, just want to actually thank everybody, uh, any future viewers who are going back and now listening to this now. But just thanks for everything. For Yeah, we've hit 13,000 downloads. Yeah. And we haven't even been on the air. We haven't even done a full, a full year yet. of episodes, technically. Yeah. But uh, we had no, 13,000 downloads this week. And I was like, what? Yeah, which is super awesome. I mean, it's, and we've got some things kind of in the fire, potentially doing some stuff over the summer here, which could we be We actually really see our cool. ugly mugs on the YouTube. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still dreading that because I'll have to actually be clean and nice when I go on there, possibly. You can, you can do it naked. But, uh, yeah, that would be <laughs> like like the, the Russian naked news, but I doubt we will get as many views as yeah, things that's like true, that. Yeah. We've got dad bods. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I've got the boobs, but geez, it's just not the same. But, yeah, no, just appreciate, uh, Everybody listening, uh, tell friends, you know, hey, check these idiots out. But yeah, I think we got a few different little, could be potentially fun things coming up here this summer we're talking about. uh, Some ideas of doing some stuff. And just uh, stick with us. Some of our... uh, We'll grow on you like a fungus. Right. Like I said. Uh, like that rash you can't get rid of. The doctor's like, what the hell is that? Right. That's Edge of the Headlights podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. You've been listening to that. But, yeah, no. I mean, there's, there's a lot of evolution already, I think, from our show. If you go back to some of the first ones, which I cringe at horribly. Uh, but just, and, and some of the stuff we change as we're going, even. Just finding things that work better for us. Uh, and, and it's not just us. We want to hear from everybody out there, too. Hey, you got ideas? If this yeah, is something yeah. you don't like in the show... Probably the swearing. <laughs> you, you know, just just let us know. I mean, we may say fuck it and do what we want anyways, but it, it's, you know... We want input from we you want listeners, because we know there's a lot of you out there now. Right. Especially to get 13,000 downloads. If I look at the analytic, it says we only have 100 people listening to us, so I know that's basis, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, that's... Unless some of you are just so enamored with our idiotic babble that you're listening multiple times, I just don't. We see appreciate that. that. Thank like, you. Oh yeah, but but yeah, no, we we kind of want to thrive on on input from everybody else. Like, hey, what do you like? What don't you like? Uh, any ideas for things you want us to talk about? So I mean, we could babble on for many days on weird shit sometimes it's like oh what do we want to do next yep um we're kind of like that we're like kind of like that water hose when you want to shoot your kid you gotta make sure it's pointed in the Uh, right right, direction but yeah i know we just appreciate everything and appreciate input just uh with where things have been going so far and it's been going really well like i said the evolution just of our being comfortable doing this uh from the first few episodes to now where i would just babble whatever and not be quite as awkward but yeah no we're looking at input and everything from you guys and appreciate just everything you guys have been put through with us so far and we'll hope you you know keep putting up with it all right be great uh, sounds good marty all right you folks have a good night bye